0: Welcome to Odds Bodkins Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> Well, hello there. Welcome back. I'm your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and this is Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Uh, This week on the show, we've got uh, something special for you. Halloween is drawing nigh, and it doesn't take long before the costumes and the decorations and even that oh-so-sweet Halloween candy starts making its way to the store shelves. So I thought I would procure some and leave uh, a bowl out to help uh, get things festive. And get us into the Halloween spirit. But be careful. The shop I uh, procured this particular candy from may have been cursed. So I don't know. The candy may have gone bad, if you will. And that is the topic of today's show. Uh, The film from 2020, but with a 2021 release, Bad Candy. Now, Bad Candy actually uh, made its debut at GrimFest on October 31st, Halloween 2020, but didn't get a uh, limited theatrical release until uh, earlier this month. I believe September 10th was the theatrical release, and then uh, about a week or so later, the movie was released to video on demand. The movie, directed by Scott B. Hansen and Desiree Connell, uh, stars... Corey Taylor from the band Slipknot, and Zach Galligan. Of course, you may remember him as Peter from the movie Gremlins, and it's a horror anthology film. Uh, I'm going to be quite blunt with you right off the bat. I'm going to try not to be uh, too spoilery with this. Uh, I know I get... I'm probably one of my biggest hang-ups with this show is I get very spoilery, uh, and I don't know if that serves what I'm trying to do here uh, well or not. So I'm going to try to be less spoilery in my reviews, but uh, but maybe maybe a little spoilery. This one I'm going to try not to be very spoilery. I'm not going to give too much away. Uh, there will be some light spoilers, uh, some spoilers if you will. So uh, be be wary as we trudge forward the, with this. But uh, but I, I don't think you're going to care with this movie because uh, I was not, as much as I was looking forward to this movie, uh, I was not uh, as big a fan of it after the fact that I watched it. Um, we're going to go over it. There's a lot of lowlights in this one, but there are a few highlights, uh, some things I really did like about this movie. Uh, So we're going to kind of go over and uh, I'll let you be the judge. I'll set the table for what you can expect and then you can watch it or don't watch it uh, but you can draw your own conclusions as to whether it's a good movie or not. But uh, the whole premise of uh, Bad Candy is it's set up in the town of uh, New Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, it's a small-town radio station with DJ uh, Ch- Chili Billy, played by Corey Taylor. And he's got his uh, producer, Paul. And they're doing a Halloween show in which they're telling scary stories Uh and then we get to see these stories play out in this town. Uh, it really is... I mean, that's the premise. That's how things are set up in the trailer to Bad Candy. But in the movie, you don't really get it set up that way. I mean, it's it's alluded to. Um, you don't even really tell that... Corey Taylor as Chili Billy is even telling these stories on the radio until about I don't know 20 minutes 30 minutes into the movie because uh, they set up uh, the movie as you know this uh, you know they, they do a little bit with the radio um, but then it jumps right into a story. With these kids in their treehouse, and they're getting ready to go trick-or-treating and then there's this young girl that uh she's drawn on a notepad and she's drawing this this clown face demon character and you see these lights light up around the drawing the pencil lines and and this this uh I've heard it described as the notepad being magical, her being magical, the pencil being magical. I don't know something's magical, and uh, she she draws this clown face uh, demon character, and on the page, and it comes to life, and uh, it, it it's really kind of um, I don't I don't know if this is supposed to be the through line for the movie, or, but this clown face demon character uh, keeps showing up throughout the movie um sometimes uh, has a hand in in some of the killing uh sometimes it's just there uh for no particular reason at all but anyway she brings this character to life that we kind of see throughout the story and then uh, she goes into this treehouse with her friends they're getting ready to go trick-or-treating and uh you <laughs> you see these kids and most all of them look way too old to be going trick-or-treating, especially the one girl. She looks like she's 18 years old, uh, but they're going trick-or-treating and they're getting ready and they're talking about uh, you have to beware of bullies. And and then it, it pans with this camera outside with this little kid and she's like, oh, speaking of, there's one of the bullies now. And this kid, probably half of their age, stomping on pumpkins and being a little dickhead. And uh, I'm like, this, this is the bully you're worried about. That's the problem with kids these days is that they don't know how to stand up. You, you get a kid half your size, half your age that's bullying you. Uh, you've got to reevaluate uh, your intestinal fortitude. I, it, it just it was kind of funny that this little kid is the bully. That these older kids are worried about, but uh, but there's a little side story with this uh, this little kid dressed up as Dracula, and he is the epitome of a little dickhead, and he kind of has some interactions with this this clown demon thing that uh, that the one girl drew, uh, but. You see these kids, and they set it up like it's going to be some sort of uh, kids' adventure thing. Uh, and then the, the girl with the, the drawing pad, the artist, she gets called away. Her stepdad is, you know, trying to get a hold of her. And uh, there's a scene with him kind of during the opening credits where he's driving along, runs a guy over for, for no reason. Uh, it's never dealt with. Uh, I don't know whether it's just supposed to show that this guy is a real uh, bad mofo or, or whatever, but uh, vehicular manslaughter and it's never it's never dealt with. Uh, so it means he must be a horrible stepdad, but they go into the story with her and him and he hates Halloween for for no apparent reason and uh, and she um, deals with him so to speak, they have a confrontation. And that's kind of the first story. And it's really... uh, It had so much potential to be a good story. Um, I like the fact that this girl had this power that she could draw things and bring them to life. The dad, the stepdad was kind of this atypical, uh, a-hole stepdad. The actor who plays him looks like he's probably been an extra as a biker in a lot of movies. But then they showed a picture of her mom who has passed away they kind of allude to that and she she is way out of his league i, I don't know <laughs> who who cast this movie but that was a real mist a, a woman like that was going to uh, a guy like that I, I mean stranger things have happened but uh, it was just really awkward and uh I liked where they were going with the end, how it ended up, the, how they resolved the uh, the conflict between the stepfather and the daughter. Um, it wasn't done very well, though, uh, which I think that was the problem with a lot of these, these uh, stories in this anthology. They just weren't fully fleshed out. They weren't fully thought through. They weren't really... Um, they were just clunky and like the editing in this was just so choppy. And I felt like I was watching a really crappy um, horror movie, like filler for some streaming service. That's when uh, watching American Horror Stories, the uh, drive-in episode, Uh, there was a line there about uh, horror these days are kind of the art house stuff or just uh, crappy filler for streaming services. And that's kind of what this, this, the editing in this felt like just you know like a a filler movie for some streaming service and uh and this this story like i said i i think there was a lot of potential there um but it just was really it really missed the mark and maybe maybe the story i'd like to say the story needed more time to develop but i don't even think they would have done that right because it just it just didn't it didn't play well. Like I said, it was a it was a good good idea for a story, but just not done with any sort of finesse or, or any sort of uh, nuance. It was just like I said, very clunky. Then it kind of goes into this very short uh, story about uh, a guy. Putting razors and poison and candy. There again, no real setup. He you just go right into it. He's there at his table, putting razors and cupcakes and candy bars, and uh, there's all sorts of bottles set up where he's injecting you know crap into kids' candy, playing off that that old stereotypical Halloween fear of you know you got to check your candy uh, or because somebody's gonna put you know fish hooks in it, uh, and. You see the um, you see the uh, the, the clown face demon uh, make its appearance in that again. Uh, there again, it just wasn't. There was no real setup. You just plopped right in the middle of this story, and you don't have any time to care about anybody. And there's there there were real no, no real scares to it. You didn't. There was no patience uh, in any of these stories to really set up any suspense. Just this guy's doing horrible things, uh, trying to to hurt kids, and then he's he gets his comeuppance. Uh, and, and you know there there's no there's no gravity to the situation. Then it kind of goes into I, I can't remember if it's this point that we see that uh, you know Corey Taylor's Chilly Billy characters telling these stories on the air. Or if it's after one of the next stories, but uh, then we get a few stories that kind of, kind of mesh together. Um, it, it all starts out with this guy at this uh, party at this club, and he's selling drugs. And he comes across uh, various people at this party who we'll see in the next couple of stories after this. But you know, he's selling drugs, and then he leaves the party. And then he goes to the the bathroom at some convenience store or whatever, and he gets attacked by this somebody in a a, a devil mask. No real reason why. Uh, there's no reason for me to like this guy. Um, and it all it almost felt like this this portion of the movie was a uh, Nancy Reagan or Dare, uh, just say no to drugs, kids, because people that sell drugs, people that do drugs are going to get killed by Halloween monsters. That's what it felt like. There was just, uh, and it's kind of plays off that, that old trope that, uh, only people who screw around, only people that do drugs get killed in monster movies, in slasher movies. And, uh, I don't know whether that was supposed to be ironic if they were playing into that or if it was just bad writing. Uh, But, you know, it moves on to this next uh, story where a girl from that party, she has to leave. She has to go to work. She works at a mortuary. Uh, She got some drugs from the guy uh, before he left and she drops acid and and starts dry-humping a dead corpse. And then things happen, and you don't know whether it is her just tripping out on the acid or if it's actually happening. It was just, I I don't know. There's one part where she kind of gets slammed up what looks like a tiled um, wall, and you can see the wall bend. So it's obviously some sort of cardboard or wood with a facade, you know, tile on it. It just looked really bad. Um, You know, I I just, there was no reason to like her. Uh, You you started to. She looked like the sad, you know, she's dressed up in the slutty nurse outfit. Um, I was quite certain you were going to see her topless at some point, but you didn't. Uh, That may have made it more enjoyable for for me, uh, because it certainly wasn't the acting or the story, uh, that was going to make me enjoy this. <laughs> I know that's my, uh, uh, the sexist side of me coming out, but, but they, they like, again, uh, it's not that her acting was horrible. She just wasn't given much to do other than to, uh, what was me? I have to work. Um, I'm drinking from the bottle I'm taking drugs and I'm going to dry hump this uh, this dead body here at the mortuary. And th- there was no real reason to like her. And that's why what happened to her at the end, uh, I-, I didn't care if it was real. I didn't care if it was because she was tripping on acid. Uh, I just didn't care because there was no reason for me to care about this character. And then it kind of goes into a, a, another story where these... Uh, Girls that were were there at that party. The one has to leave. She gets a uh essentially this uh, movie's version of Uber, I think it's called Free Ride. Uh the Uber guy, Uber guy. Uh, we kind of get a setup with him where he's talking about some uh he's talking with a buddy of his and talking about getting rabbits for Lenia uh, of mice and men um reference there. Just out of the blue, it made no real sense. But uh but it kind of i guess it kind of makes a little sense later in the movie but uh they're talking and this guy's like he's got to go and he is the free ride driver and he picks up this girl and takes her where she's got to go and uh, takes her home and she gets home and this guy that wanted to get with her at the party beat her there somehow and was broke into her home uh, or who's, I, I, I'm not even sure it was her home. I, I'm not sure where this place was there again. It just, it was so oh, not well written and things weren't, you know, established as to where anything was, but she runs into this guy who, you know, him and his buddy are robbing the place. And since he didn't get with her at the party, he's going to rape her there. And uh, the guy he's with is out. He takes off. So it's just the girl. It's just the guy. And there's a chase scene. And things happen. Uh, Things get resolved. The uh, clown face demon character comes back again. Uh, He's a little active in this scene. And then one of the kids, uh, one of the trick-or-treating kids from the very first episode just shows up. He's apparently related to the girl. Uh, there again, no reason for that to happen. Uh, it's like they just threw that in. Uh, but then we kind of move into one of my, probably my favorite story of this uh, Bad Candy anthology series is the free ride guy. It shows him picking up people, and like there's this one guy, he's real douchey, kind of uptight, uh, nerdy guy who doesn't like Halloween, and he's being a dick about it, soaking in the car, and uh, the guy kicks him out and leaves a text with uh, a rabbit emoji, and, and And it turns out that he's marking people. Uh, he kicks the guy out of his car and takes off. There's some girls, that uh, some prostitutes. He picks up one to take her home because she called the ride, and she's going back to her pimp's place, and he wants to meet the pimp. He's never met a pimp before and she uh takes him. It's like he's probably gonna rough you up. And then they um he he leaves a, a text message with rabbits again and I know there's there's a scene that comes up where I don't know how his friends got there that quick, but it turns into a whole action like everybody was kung fu fighting, fight scene. Uh, just was out of place for this movie, out of place for a horror movie. And the one thing that uh, it turns out is that these guys are collecting people uh, and they keep referencing uh, Lenny, this guy Lenny. And finally we get to see them in the woods after their night's work and they have all these people collected and they bring out Lenny and They show a picture. These guys keep pulling out this picture of them as as soldiers. And I I don't know if it's Afghanistan or if they ever really established that. But, uh, you know, they're they're brothers from the military, uh, soldiers. And they bring out Lenny. And he's just a regular guy. They've given him a volume for some reason to keep him kind of loopy. But at any rate, they let Lenny go. Uh, They put pumpkin heads on these people and tell them to run. And then Lenny... Lenny we find out what Lenny's all about and uh, Lenny does his thing but at the same time these these people that these horrible people that they've collected and now they've got them in their underwear with these pumpkins on their heads running for their life um, Lenny's going after them but they're still like they've got like a truckload of these spears and they're just chucking spears at these people. Most of them miss but these, like world class javelin, type uh, spear chucking skills that they show and like half the people get killed because of the spears and not for the reason they're doing this which is Lenny and uh it just it was kind of clunky again uh people doing things for no particular reason uh people doing things against what you think of the whole plot of the you know the whole idea of the story is about it like i said there again like the first story with the girl with the notepad uh, this was a good idea i I like the idea that these guys you know these these soldiers are uh, going out and collecting these uh the dregs of humanity and this is kind of where the drug dealer from earlier that was had the run-in with the killer with the devil mask um you see that devil mask in the trunk of the uh, Uber driver, the free ride driver, his car. So he is that that's that killer uh, from an earlier story shows up in this. We don't know which one he is, but but he's been dealt with by these guys. And it, it's a cool idea. And then they have this this friend of theirs, uh, this this brother in arms who, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, has a, a another side to him. We'll just say uh, I don't like. I said I don't want to be too spoilery, uh, like I've been in the past with this show. But uh, them setting the table for Lenny to do his thing is a really cool idea. I, I like that idea. Any of the stories, it's probably done the best, but it's still not done well. And uh, I would like to see this story um, in different hands, uh, different script uh the acting the acting was good I didn't mind the acting in this one I mean some of the other ones the acting is so so but I don't think there's any acting in this other than Corey Taylor <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit but um I, I of all the the stories in this anthology this probably was was my favorite that's not saying much uh, I thought this one had the most potential and could have been. Uh, the best story. I mean, it, it was really kind of the best story, but it, it could have been so much better if it were in different hands, I think. Uh, and then it kind of ends... I, I can't remember. There may have been one other little uh, minuscule story in between this and the end, but then they they kind of wrap the whole thing up with this haunted house uh, story, this ghost hunting team. It, it just was all very contrived, and there was no reason for some of it. Um, there was this... Uh, apparent fire that happened in this house which uh, the house didn't look rebuilt. so if there was a fire and it supposedly burnt down it just it didn't make any sense. Uh, but this kid was killed because these other kids played a tr- prank on him and uh, and the lady, the psychic spiritualist or whatever in this ghost hunting group um, she starts seeing him in the present as he was in the past sort of deal. Um, and that plays out, but it, it really all is just set up for the tie-in with, uh, Chili Billy and Paul at the radio station because, uh, and this is, this is going to be spoilery. Uh, I am going to tell you right now, this is a big spoiler as to the giveaway at that, but, uh, the character Paul played by, uh, Zach Galligan, uh, he was one of the kids that pulled the prank on the boy that, burned up in the fire and that plays out in the radio station and uh cory taylor you know <laughs> does it doesn't really do much It's just not uh, you know, I get okay. I'll, I'll get into Corey Taylor here in a little bit. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying not to sidetrack myself with my thoughts on that. But uh, the the clown faced demon character shows up again. We see the girl who drew the uh, clown faced demon at the beginning of the movie. We see her going back to the clubhouse to meet up with her friends again and divvy out candy. And then she flips back to that picture of the clown face demon creature that she drew earlier and she rips it in half. And then of course he disappears. But like I said, uh, most of the acting was, was okay. It was, it was pretty good. Uh, Zach Galligan, uh, the Paul character was probably the most believable of him and, and, and Corey Taylor as DJs. Cause he just kind of played the, uh, Whatever kind of producer type. Uh, We'll get into Corey Taylor now. Um, Corey Taylor, I am not a big fan of Corey Taylor. Not a big fan of Slipknot. Uh, Corey Taylor, I've seen him doing these like talking head bits. um, Like he did one for the Anthrax. They did that little. multi-part documentary on the 40-year anniversary of anthrax and, and corey taylor was on that and i've seen him talk in other different uh talking head um services for different you know docu-series and things like that and he just uh he comes off as kind of like a bro um like the guy that just says shit just because he thinks it's going to make him sound cool like he was just quoted recently as saying that Enter Sandman from Metallica is the Led Zeppelin Stairway to Heaven of his generation, and I'm like, dude, you are only a year older than me. You were born—he was born '73. Stairway to Heaven was the Stairway to Heaven of our generation, and and how can you? Compare Enter Sandman. I love Enter Sandman. I love Metallica. But how can you pair compare Enter Sandman to Stairway to Heaven? It's just apples and oranges. People didn't grow up trying to figure out how to play Enter Sandman. It's actually fairly, uh, you know, not very complicated guitar riffs to play. Uh, people did that with Led Zeppelin ad nauseum, but <laughs> that's just a, you know he just says shit to to. Because he thinks he's gonna sound cool saying it, and I was afraid that's what we were gonna get in this. And and to his credit, he he wasn't horrible. I'm not. I'm you know I give Corey Taylor some some grief, but he wasn't horrible in this. But I don't think they gave him much to do other than the DJ stuff, which I don't know whether it was the direction or whether it was his acting choice uh, or the writing. But, like his portrayal of a DJ, and that's that is my trade. I I spent 30 years in radio, uh, on the air, and now I'm kind of behind the scenes over the past, you know, couple few years. I've been, uh, writing and producing commercials, but but I spent the better part of 30 years on the air every day. And what he portrayed as a DJ is like a caricature. Of the 1970s DJ that somebody would get from watching too many episodes of WKRP in Cincinnati, or or, or maybe listening to some old Wolfman Jack tapes from from the 70s. That's that's looks like he, that was the um, research he did into being a DJ. Was uh, watching Howard Hessman. And <laughs> And, uh, I can't remember the guy that played Venus fly trap, but, uh, but yeah, it's just, you know, it it was a a horrible, horrible caricature of what a DJ is. And, you know, with the stacks of wax and tracks and, you know, everything's rhyming. Nobody's done that since the seventies for God's sake. Uh, if they do that, they're horribly lame DJ, but but, like, yeah, I don't know if that was his choice to do that. That was probably maybe even more of the writing um, and the direction I got to blame. I, I blame all of them for that uh, because that being in radio is uh, quite offensive to me. He didn't do a horrible job, like I said. Uh, other than the DJ stuff, which uh, was just bad writing, uh, he wasn't really given much to do as far as acting. Um he may be a fine actor. I just, this wasn't a good representation of what he can do. If he, if he's got any acting chops, um, even that ending just didn't give him much, uh, to chew on. Um, if he, if this is, if this is what he wants to do is, is get into acting. Uh, this wasn't a good vehicle for that. I don't think, uh, because you know, his, his character just other than the telling the stories on the air, um, there was nothing for him to do. And, and, and telling the stories on the air was just him kind of introing things. And then the story plays out. So he really didn't get much uh, to do uh, as far as acting goes with this movie, which I was kind of, I was interested to see. Like I said, I'm not a huge Corey Taylor fan. You know, I don't care for his music and I can't stand listening to him talk about other things but maybe maybe he's a fine actor and I really didn't get one sense one way or the other with him on this so that that was kind of a disappointment the other thing that really bugged me about this uh this movie bad candy and I kind of liken this you know the editing felt very much like a like a bad uh, like a B movie like bad you know streaming filler but you know what the thing that with bad movies, Bad horror films, as a lot of them, especially back in the day, uh, relied a lot on practical effects uh, because they couldn't afford CG. And this one, I was hoping, you know, at the very least we get some cool practical uh, effects, some practical blood, uh, you know, being pumped through a tube or something like that. But they relied so much on CG blood that it just, there are a few things I hate more. Uh, than cg blood in a horror film because it looks so fake there was one scene where uh the cg blood is squirting out of somebody's uh the side of some uh, this guy's head it's like somebody bought a special effects program and the program came with a squirting blood uh, effect and they just placed it you know right there at the side of his head, and that was, it just was horrible, uh, because, you know, that and CG fire, um, they used some of that, too, in the, in the last, um, the one about the haunted house, the story about the haunted house, and, and that was, that was, I could, I could even forgive the CG fire, but that CG blood, that's, that's unforgivable for me, because blood is so easy to do, practically, you know, you know, some food colors, some corn syrup, uh, and a tube, and something to pump it through. I, I've seen some really impressive uh, stuff from just amateur, you know, movies seen on YouTube or, or whatever. Um, people just doing things practically at home did a better job than what they did with CG on this movie. It was just, uh, it really, anytime I see CG blood, it, it really kind of ticks me off because, blood is so easy to do practically I know I'm probably beating a dead horse right now but uh, it just that was some, that's to me that's lazy horror in the short film format in this like anthology format uh, can be really good even if it doesn't have the legs to do like a full-length feature you can still do some some really good stuff in a short amount of time and you can really you know hit that stab uh with a a short amount of time and horror horror can work really good in in a short format and but you start cutting corners and that just takes all the all the it sucks all the life it sucks all the blood out of a out of a story when you start cutting corners on something short that you should be able to take the time to do things right you're not doing an, an hour and a half uh, a two-hour feature-length film. You're doing what? You know, fifteen minutes, uh, twenty minutes. Uh, take take the time to do things right, for God's sake,s and not just because you know. Don't don't use fake blood. Don't or not fake blood, but don't use CG blood just because you got a cool program, uh, because it looks horrible. So that was a real. A real downer for me when it came to this movie. I was really excited about uh, Bad Candy when I saw it because um, I like the radio. I like the idea of the radio aspect, you know, late night radio host. Even though they show the story starting out in the early evening when it's still light out, but but at any rate, uh, radio host telling these stories, telling creepy ghost stories, you know, taking calls. They they really only played on the the call in portion of it. Uh, on a couple of occasions and it just didn't, it didn't make it, it didn't enhance anything. It didn't make it better. It just, it didn't feel like it It felt like it was just thrown in there just to do it. Um, but I do like the radio idea format for telling an anthology stories. Uh, I think it's done really well. I think it's done great in things like, uh, Tales of Halloween where you have Adrian Barbeau as this, uh, this DJ uh, kind of uh, ty- being the through line for, for all these different stories. And they, there's a lot of them. And you never see her, you just hear her on the radio. And as they do the animation going from from one story to the next, I think uh, that is where radio and, and a horror anthology were, were blended together perfectly. Uh, another one is the uh, Kirlian Frequency. Uh, that animated uh, show, which it's it's a shame that uh, we haven't seen more of that uh, on Netflix because I thought that was done really well. That was a showing where you can do something really cool with a DJ telling stories on the air. Uh, Even though that's animated and this isn't, uh, it was done so much better than, than Bad Candy. And Bad Candy, when I saw the the, the previews for it and the trailers for it, I thought this has so much potential. Um, I liked the idea of, of a DJ telling these stories and I was even going to be forgiving. I was going to, I was prepared to be so forgiving of the fact that they had Corey Taylor playing the DJ, um, uh, that, but I just, I, I, there's not a lot of redeeming qualities about this. I hate to say that because I was really looking forward to this movie. Uh, I spent what seven bucks to get it on video on demand, and <laughs> that's seven bucks I'm not going to be able to get back now. Uh, no, I, 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 I will say I'm glad I watched it because, like I said, there were some, there were some decent things in it. There were some good ideas for stories. Just a lot of these stories weren't fleshed out. They. They didn't take the time to to tell the whole story when they they should have. Uh, you felt like you were plunked down in the middle of things and things were happening, and there's no rhyme or reason why it's happening. And I don't, you don't need to be have everything explained to you. Uh, I don't need, I don't need to know the reason. Uh, why the monster is the monster, but I need to have some semblance semblance of an idea as to why the monster's there in the first place, and they never go into that. And it feels like you plunk down in the middle of a movie, and I, I don't know what set all this up, and I don't know where it goes afterwards, because as quickly as you're plopped down in the middle of a story, you're taken right back out and onto the next one. And it just seemed like everything was rushed, and that they were trying to uh, cram as much as they could into this. All these little tricks, all these little gimmicks, all these little you know stories that, uh, like there were there were some parts of the story that just didn't need to be there. And and they like the kid uh, from the very first story showing up in the middle of the one with the woman who. Uh, walks in on the robber and almost gets raped. He shows up at the end. Why? Who knows? Uh, I guess it's supposed to be tying stories together. Uh, and that's that was another fault of this. There was no real good through line for this. You had that uh, clown demon thing, but he really wasn't a through line. He just showed up. And sometimes he killed people and sometimes he didn't. And he was just there. Uh, there again that's another thing that's you know some of these uh great horror anthologies especially ones based around halloween like tales of halloween um have that through line of the the dj telling these talking about what's going on and 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 leading you from from one story to the next or you've got uh anthologies like trick-or-treat which has a I, you know that to me that's a superior that entails a halloween i think are two superior halloween style anthology movies that uh that you know you don't have anybody leading you through trick-or-treat but you know going from one story to the next everything just ties together everything meshes together you have uh, common threads from going from one story to the next and that's that's an anthology horror Halloween type story that's done really well. And that's, you know, Bad Candy didn't have that. It didn't have the proper tie through, you know, through line with the, with the DJ. Uh, he's just telling the stories, but there's no real rhyme or reason uh, going from one story to the next. Some of them loosely tie together as, like I said, you get some characters that show up. Uh, you know, in one point in the story as a background character, and then they are the main character later. But there's no, like I said, there's no real rhyme or reason to it. And that just, eh, it just, like I said, uh, for the most part, there was nobody I cared about because they didn't take the time. They didn't, weren't patient enough to make me care about anyone. And not that everybody that gets their come up, comeuppance has to be, you know, the saint that I care about. Uh, but uh, there was just no reason uh, t- to care about anybody good bad or indifferent there's no time taken and no real reason to be concerned for any of these characters because you know some of the characters aren't good people and there's nothing there's nothing shocking about horrible people getting what's coming to them whether it's from the you know, court system or coming from a clown faced demon monster. Uh, I just don't care. You know, sometimes it can be interesting to watch. Sometimes it can be if it's bloody or gory or if it's an interesting way that kills, you know, a character. That that's one thing, but there again, you know, that's only going to take you so far. And that's only if those things are very interesting. And none of those were interesting in this in this anthology series. And so I'm not going to beat a dead horse, like I mentioned earlier, by going over all the things I did not like about this movie. But like I said, there were there were some good things uh, to like about this movie. Like I said, there was uh, some fine acting. A lot of these actors didn't have much to go on. They didn't have much uh, to chew on. Uh, but I think a lot of the actors did a fine job. The story about the group of soldiers and Lenny... Um, they really felt like friends when you saw the guys together, they really felt like friends. And, and that's a tribute to the, to the acting of the actors. And there's some cool scenes, uh, during the credits, they, they do some, uh, uh, like cutscenes with ad-lib lines and some some jokes and stuff and them just messing around uh which was kind of fun to watch that was probably one of the highlights of the movie i hate to say one of the one of the funniest points of the movie where you've got these three prostitutes and the free ride guys taking the one girl uh because she called her you know called him for her ride and the two prostitutes left. The one girl's like, uh have a happy Halloween, bitch. You gonna die or something like that. And uh it's in the it's in the trailer, and it was it was a funny, it was a funny moment. I I am not a big fan of jokes, just cracking jokes for jokes' sakes in the middle of horror movies. Um, but it was in a moment where it wasn't there was no tension, there was no horror going on. And it really was kind of a funny line uh, and, and done very well. Uh, it Probably one of the most enjoyable points of the movie was just that laugh uh, that I got from that, that little line. Both in the in the trailer and when it, I knew it was coming in the movie. And uh, I still laughed just as hard anyway. Uh, and and that's, that's saying a lot. To the direction of this movie, when a laugh was probably more enjoyable than some of the horror movie, some of the horror elements in this horror movie, but uh, but all in all, like I said, uh, the acting wasn't the problem in this movie, and uh, I I thought some of the acting was was pretty good. There were some stories that uh, that were almost there. Uh, I think a lot of these stories just could have uh, done with better writing and a little more time. I thought that maybe if they cut out some of the radio DJ stuff and found a different through line for this movie uh, that they could have given a little more time to some of these stories. Just a little more setup time, just a little more conclusion time, and a little more reason to care about the characters, a little more time to build some suspense in some of the cases. And I, I think this could have been a really good movie. But... Like I said, it it is what it is, and uh, I, I can't I can't say I would tell anyone to watch this movie. And I, I hate to say that because, like I said, there were some some decent there's was some decent acting. It's just the stories. I, I just I I wasn't uh, I didn't enjoy them. I wasn't scared at, at any point in this movie, and uh, and you know I gotta I gotta put that on the shoulders of the directors. And, uh, and the writing. I, I'm not sure if the... I don't know who wrote this movie. Um, there's not, not much on the uh, Wikipedia page. Um, I can't remember if it's said on IMDb or not. But uh, yeah, I, I can't say as I would go out of my way to suggest this movie to anyone. But you know what? I'm not the kind of person that tell you to watch something or not watch something. I mean, if it's really, if I think it's really good, I will say, Hey, you should probably watch this. But if it's something bad, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. And I am not the type of person to say, Oh, don't watch this. This is horrible. I think you should be the judge of that. And uh, like I said, is there a little buyer's remorse that I dropped some a few shekels on, uh, on this video on demand movie? Uh, yeah, there was some buyer's remorse. I'm not going to lie to you about that. But am I disappointed that I watched it? No, uh, because I did see some interesting things just maybe not done well. So uh, I, I'm not going to... Uh, lament over the fact that uh, I watched this movie. I'm glad I watched it. Uh, I probably will never watch it again. And uh, I think you know if it seems like something you might want to at least give a chance. Uh, maybe you're not as uh, I don't know snobby about <laughs> about your horror films as I am, but uh, you might you might like it better than I did. So uh, so check it out if you if you feel the the halloween spirit well up within you uh check out bad candy if not i'm not gonna blame you one bit because i it was just a movie i didn't care for and you know it's that's okay you might like it i might like it you might not i might not doesn't matter it's all uh like i said Beauty's in the eye of the beholder and horror is in the knife of the wielder Yeah, that works for me. So I want to thank everyone for uh, listening to my take on the movie Bad Candy. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, Regardless of whether you like the movie or don't, hopefully you enjoyed listening to me opine about it and uh, maybe got a little insight into it if you haven't watched it yet, or maybe you did, and uh, you just kind of want to see if... If maybe I feel the same or differently as you, but tune in for our next show uh, coming up on Thursday, September 23rd, going to uh, do something a little different. We've been talking a lot about movies and TV show recaps and albums, but uh, we're going to do something a little different on the 23rd and delve into some of the classic horror serial of the 70s and 80s. Uh, you know, growing up in the 70s and 80s it was a very cool time. If you were into horror or sci-fi or fantasy, uh, when it came to toys, uh, when it came to TV shows and cartoons, and even your breakfast cereal, uh, it, was a, it was a great time because all of Horror, fantasy, and sci-fi was represented in in just almost every bit of your your daily childhood life, and cereal was no exception. Breakfast cereal. Uh, so we're going to talk about some of those cool uh, horror slash sci-fi slash fantasy based cereals of the '70s and '80s, and I think it's going to be a fun a fun episode and kind of wax a little nostalgic on uh, some of those cool things. So be listening to that coming up on Thursday. And like I said, be sure to check out our Facebook fan page, Oddsbodkins Curiosity Shop, where you'll be able to find a schedule for the month as to what we are going to be uh, doing episode-wise. You know, some of those dates are, are subject to change, but uh, you can kind of see what's coming up on the show as well as... Different articles. I'm always scouring the internet, trying to find the latest trailers, trying to find uh, different articles. Like I said, on you know everything that's going on in the world of horror, fantasy, and sci-fi, and you can keep on top of all that. And uh, I'm gonna try and do my best to keep you on top of that. So like our Facebook page, uh, share it, share this podcast, give it a review. Five star would be lovely. Uh, if not any review, if you you know if you feel I did a one star job, then give me one star. If you feel I've done a five-star job, then give me five stars. If it's somewhere in between, uh, I'll take that as well. Just uh, like to know that people are, are listening and uh, reacting in, in some way, shape, or form. So uh, do a uh, star review uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast at. And uh, until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkins Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkins Curiosity Shop. <laughs>